Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Hello and welcome, Spiritual Trailblazer. We have a very special topic with a very special guest today, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. So we have Kim A. Cartwell, and she is a self-love coach and undergarment educator who supports people to uncover their confidence, stand in their power, and say hooray inside, outside, and underneath. She is an expert bra fitter, with over 14 years of experience of getting intimate with people from cup sizes A to N. Previously based in New York City or New York for 16 years, she recently relocated to rural Oklahoma. She travels around the world to places like Paris, Guatemala, and more to spread her empowering message of self-love and how to use the everyday ritual of putting on a bra to uncover your confidence, standing your power, and learn to love yourself. She is a longtime Wild Woman Project Circle leader and has been leading New Moon Circle since 2015. You may have seen her in over 100 press outlets, including the Martha Stewart Show, the Today Show, the Rachel Ray Show, and more. Or perhaps you caught her teaching bra fitting workshops or hosting inclusivity in, uh, panels at the largest lingerie expo in the world in Paris and in New York. You can connect with her on Instagram at Hooray Kame. <laughs> I love that. And Hooray! always find her, <laughs> love it, at HoorayKame.com. Her link uh, to her Instagram and website will be in the description for this episode. And we are talking about unleashing your wild woman to live a fulfilling life. Kimmy, welcome. All right. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. This is such a treat. I mean, I have my creme brulee latte. Mm. I am talking to you about all those wonderful things. I feel good. <laughs> oh, perfect. This sounds amazing. This sounds very cozy. <laughs> I'm sitting here on the floor of my new studio in my new apartment in rural Oklahoma and just feeling cozy as well. So I'm, I'm all set. And I love that before we got started, you were talking about your move and, you know, how it's like a spiritual journey. And I feel like a lot of people, especially the women who I work with, and and I'm pretty sure you see this too, excuse me, in your profession is that sometimes people need that big move, but it's really Mm -hmm. scary. So how Mm -hmm. did you, like, what was the deciding factor? How how did you get into that and, and, and make that move? Wow, what a lovely question. So I have lived in New York City for 16 years. I moved there when I was 18 years old for college and, you know, really became a woman there. I met my husband there. I grew my my network, my friendships, my business, everything. And so, and, and before that, I actually grew up in Rochester, New York, which is if anyone knows where that is. It's basically Canada. Mm-hmm. It's like really, really yeah. far, far north. He used to visit her family in Rochester. I'm like, where is that? And she would say it like, it's way. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. It's up there. Um, so those are the only two places I've ever, you know, really landed. And I travel a ton. I travel all over the world. But usually my preference is either like a glorious beach like Mexico or mm-hmm. Paris or London or some, you know, LA, Miami, some cool urban environment. 
So, um, you know, five years ago, I started my own business and at the same, this is, this is a true story. This is, you know, one of those spiritual things that happens where looking back, you're like, oh, that makes sense. But at the time it felt crazy. Um, I actually quit my job in, and literally a week later to the day, my husband lost his job. And then two weeks later on our two year wedding anniversary, I lost my only client at the time. And at the time I had started a, a business, um, doing, social media and, um, like copy content for lingerie brands. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, it was within that five years, it was really possible for me to build my career and pivot and change. And I did, you know, TV and all sorts of amazing things and built up a phenomenal network and was hosting panels and all sorts of stuff in New York. And my husband's career was not taking off. And we both had decided like, we were just going to take this time to like do what we really wanted. And everyone had told him he, um, he started in, in broadcasting and everyone had told him that like, he needed to go to a small market to work there for a little bit, to work his way up. And I was like, no way. These people don't know what they're talking about. And they were kind of right. And so I think it was three years ago, we had an opportunity for us to move to South Dakota for him to like take a radio job. And I was like, a not ready and B (laughs) just not willing. So I was like, no. And so when it came this time and you'll so appreciate this. It ha- he got this new opportunity for Oklahoma and it was literally the day after his 40th birthday. It was like a page turn in his life and this opportunity arose and I was actually at Wild Woman Fest, which we're talking about Wild Woman today and the Wild Woman Project, which I've been a leader of um, and held circles for, for over five years. Is it five years? Yeah, five years now, almost five years. Um I was at the annual wild woman fest. So we were like on top of a quartz mountain in the Berkshires doing spiritual stuff. I was like all juiced up and feeling like into my intuitive powers and everything. And I get this phone call from him and he knows not to disturb me when I'm at wild woman fest. And he called me and I was like, what is going on? And he called me and he said, I have this opportunity. I feel like I need to take it. And I'm telling you, if I was not at wild woman fest and just ready to pray about it and ready to be like, going with the spiritual flow, I would have said, no, I would have been like, no way. This is not where I want to be. I'm an urban lady. I don't want to do it. So long story short, I said, yes, we made the move. And it, if anyone's ever moved before, it brought up all the stuff, like Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff between me and my husband, between um, me and myself, between me and God, like my identity just became completely challenged because I had for a long time. And if anyone's ever lived in like a a place for a long time. Maybe you feel the same way, but especially in New York city, like it was my identity. I felt like a New Yorker. And so, um, making that shift and that change, which I'm still in the midst of, to be really honest, was tough. And just wrapping my head around the fact that I, um, wasn't going to have this place to define me anymore was a big deal. But what's of course so divinely planned was that right before he called me about this, I had just said at Wildland Fest that I felt complete and that I was ready for more evolution and that I could be myself no matter where I was. Now I was thinking Paris or (laughs) wherever, (laughs) but it was really, and I had also called in more collaboration with my husband because I'm a really independent person. I travel without him. I grocery shop alone. Like we just don't, we're, we're very supportive. We've been together for 13 years, but we're extremely independent. And I was calling in more collaboration. And it was like, spiritually speaking, it was like, I got this boom, here's an opportunity for you. Like right away, right. As soon as I was willing right away. And so here, here it is. We moved across the country 
he was here for two months without me. We were, we were separate for two months while I went to Paris and hosted a retreat <laughs> and did all sorts of stuff. And then I just landed here well, drove here, which I've never, I've never owned a car in my life. New Yorker that I am never, ever, ever drove. Right. Um, I just drove here 1500 miles and decided that this was the place where I needed to be in order for me to, to step into my next phase of life. I never would have guessed this never, ever, ever, but here I am. Wow. And so it begins. It's like you instantly manifested that because you were just so in your zone. Yeah. And I love that you said, you know, just doing what you really wanted to do. And I know for women to unleash their why women, that's really hard because if you do what you really wanted to do, mm-hmm. that means that you are a hundred percent out there, you know, mm-hmm. whether people love it, like it, hate it, indifferent, whatever. And there's a lot of, it, it comes with the territory and you got to be able to be okay with that. Like not everyone's going to like it. And I had to remind myself of that too, because I'm just like, Hey, I'm here trying to help you and mm-hmm. anyone who wants help. I don't, I don't force it down anyone's, you know, throat, but I, I just, I'm here like, Hey, I'm, I'm all about helping women to reclaim all their femininity and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever archetype we're talking about. So yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that's so beautiful. And thank you. And, you know, for people listening, it's, it's, it's a big deal in our time that we even have the freedom to talk about spiritual stuff and to do mm-hmm. spiritual work and to receive spiritual help. Like it's a big deal. There was a time in, in you know, our ancestors or past lives histories mm-hmm. where it was unsafe to do that. And so right. it's a big part of, I think, our time to claim the power of being, just being able and safe to do that. Now, that being said, in New York City, it's a pretty liberal forward thinking place. And Mm -hmm. so me as a, both a spiritual person leading women's circles, but also as a feminine power confidence coach, you know, I have, I take pictures of myself in my underwear all over the world, like that kind of like owning your feminine power and sensuality and all of that stuff. It was pretty welcome there. And I could very easily surround myself with people for whom it might be new information, but we're pretty open to it already. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest challenges I thought of right away about moving to a place like Oklahoma in this small town of 12,000 people where there are towns around us that are 1,000 people is that, oh my gosh, can I actually be safe and be who I am fully Mm -hmm. here and will they accept me? Will they like it? Do they want it? Will they honor this? Are they ready for it? All of that. And so I'm starting in small ways. And my gosh, this sounds so silly for me to even admit, but even just my clothes and how I present on the outside to people, I have been practicing being myself, which sometimes means wearing high-heeled boots and cute you know, jeans and a sassy outfit that when I go to Walmart here is completely overdressed. And yeah. not being afraid to just show up as who I am. So I don't think I'm going to waltz down Main Street in my underwear quite yet, but, but <laughs> I, do, I do feel like there are small ways that we can kind of claim our power and be who we are no matter where we are. I actually really very much look at this like I'm studying abroad for two years. Like I'm totally in foreign territory and I want to both respect their cultures and customs and be able to be myself and share who I am and be who I am freely. So big, big opportunity for me to, to do that. Absolutely. And, and I, I really appreciate how you talked about identity because mm. I know that is a huge issue for a lot of women, you know, being a, a New Yorker is, is a, 
it is identity it's a thing I, like I'm <laughs> from Philly I go to New York often especially my best friend lived there she lived in Brooklyn for gosh I think like seven years and then she mm-hmm. lived in Manhattan for two mm-hmm. but then she like lived a couple <laughs> other places in between so you know I was I'm, was in New York a lot like at least like once or twice a month and it, it really is it becomes part of your identity where you're from like even me you know with Philadelphia mm-hmm. I'm, I yeah I it, it's funny because just even as a side note you know the Eagles won the Super Bowl <laughs> a couple of, you know and, and it's like it's a real big thing but now I get questioned like oh so what you became a fan in 2010 I had to correct people like no 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 I've been a fan since the days of Randall Cunningham, okay? You're right. But it becomes part of your identity. You know? I get it. I'm I'm a Bills fan, by the way, and our team just <laughs> lost to the Eagles recently. I was so upset. Um, so yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Yeah, it, it becomes a part of who you are. And so you start thinking to yourself, like, not just my place, but how I dress, my friends, my whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, what is really me? And how can I be the real me, the like essence of me? no matter where I am, when I don't have a sports team to provide that for me, when I don't have my town or my friendships or my mm-hmm. job to, um, to right. be who I am, who am I actually? So, yeah. So when I say it brought up all the stuff, I mean, it brought up all the stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> like so much stuff in this move, not to mention, um, I'm just homesick. I got really homesick the right. other night for New York city, which I wasn't really expecting I thought I would miss it but this was like I craved and I used these words and part of my language but I was like I want my like shitty <laughs> grocery store and <laughs> yeah. crappy right. laundry mat and you know <laughs> things here we have a I have a dishwasher and a washer dryer in my apartment for the first time in my entire life and yet I wanted to go to that stupid laundromat on the corner and take the subway and be around some smelly person, you know, like I just missed (laughs) what I was familiar with. Mm -hmm. So I really recognize that change is uncomfortable. And yet outside of your comfort zone is where the magic happens. So I'm leaning into this discomfort with the anticipation that this is all happening for the highest good of everyone involved, including me. Yes. And so I was on your website, which is quite nice. (laughs) Okay. We're just talking about updating it. So thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. And one thing that I just was taken back, like, whoa, that's powerful, is the opening line. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Hmm. And I just, it, it, asking that question is so loaded because I remember (laughs) a time and at this, I would say about maybe like about 10 years ago at this point, like right around the time I started my business, I realized that I wasn't really looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't really pay attention too much about my looks. Like I kept myself at a decent appearance, but far as like um, taking care of my skin, I just accepted the fact that I'm going to have acne for the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. in my first book, I had pictures of what I looked like before my change when I was diving into my wild woman and then afterwards, and now when I look back at it, I think, man, looking in the mirror really granted me that sacred space to look myself deep in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, we only see ourselves really through pictures. So looking in the mirror must be so scary and uncomfortable mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. And so my question for you is, when, when you are diving into your wild women and, and teaching women ab- about this in, in your circles and things like that, how do you present that to, to them? Like, how, how can they look themselves in the mirror, even when they so at some point can't? Wow, um, that's a deep question. So 
I should, um, I should add to this, if people don't know, you know, you mentioned in my bio that I have been a bra fitter since 2005. Mm -hmm. And so I was just about to turn 20 years old when I started as a bra fitter. And I actually did not like what I saw in the mirror. And I was so mean to myself and I was comparing and judging and ridiculing and wishing it were different, especially my, my body, my legs, my thighs, my stomach. Like I just hated everything about myself and wanted to look different. And I was comparing my body to what I was seeing in magazines. And especially in 2005, there was no anti-airbrushing plus size, nothing. And, and to be really clear, I was actually a very thin person at the time, but I had the normal stuff we have. I had cellulite. I've had stretch marks since I was like 10 years old. You know, I had, um, I have very light, even though I'm Latina, I have like super, super, super pale skin. So you could see like all the veins, like everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that I didn't see those in magazines. So I thought in order to be beautiful, like the people I was seeing in magazines, I should look like that. So fast forward and here I am at 20 years old. And I just, I was, financially independent at 18. So I'm living in New York city. So I just needed a job. I didn't think it was going to change my life, <laughs> but I am um, my very first week of working in this like real bra fitting shop in New York city. I saw real human bodies for the first time mm. and they were, they looked like everything you can imagine. I mean, it's New York, right? Like every walk of life came into mm. that fitting room. Women after having four kids, women after surgery, younger women, older women, women who um, were transgender, like every single thing you could imagine. And what I noticed was the avoidance of looking in the mirror. Like really, just as you mentioned this, like, I don't want to go there. And when I mean look in the mirror, I mean, yes, taking in your physical body, which is what I call underneath, but also, and, and the outside is what you were talking about, like your appearance, your clothes and how you deal with like the outside world but also I mean the inside stuff, like who you are on the inside. And I was reading on your website about, you know, how spirituality and that inner stuff going on, it, that's totally part of it, right? And there was just so much that people were avoiding. And it was, it came down to fear and not liking themselves, like the I'm not enough problem that we all, most of us mm -hmm. walk around with. And so I felt okay, I can help you find a bra that fits. And I got really good at being a bra fitter really fast. But as a human, I felt compelled to help this person see what I could see. Mm -hmm. And because they were comparing themselves to those magazines, just like I was. Now, mind you, they were pointing out things in the mirror that I never would have noticed. And I thought, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. what a waste of time. That's what I've been doing. So I started with myself and committed to talking to myself in a kinder way, treating my body with more respect. And that changed the inside of how I was talking to myself, it changed the outside and how I was showing up in the world. And of course it changed my relationship with underneath my clothes, my body, my physical body. So I realized that I could support people within that, that fitting room and with that mirror to take a step to love themselves and their body and talk kinder to themselves in a, in a really big way. The next part of this is that bras and bra fitting have such a powerful I like, I, I'm probably not the only person that thinks this, but every time I say this, I'm like, this is going to sound crazy, but I really feel like bras are a powerful spiritual tool. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's why. Mm -hmm. Number one, I actually don't care if you wear a bra as a bra fitter for 14 years. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. The point is if you're going to wear an undergarment, I want you to make a loving and informed decision about what you put on your body. 
because bras are right over the heart. And so if there's any shame or confusion or discomfort in that part of the body, whether it's about your physical, your breast, your body, the bra, the whatever, if you're just like starting your day off with like, ugh, if I have to, like, oh, I hate this thing, or I hate this part of the body, like, oh, my breasts are too saggy or too big or too whatever, or not enough this or not enough that, right? That sets a tone for the whole rest of your day. So mm. my goal is if I can help people start their day by saying hooray, which is my whole phrase, right? But start their day with, okay, how do I want to support and adorn and clothe myself for this day? Especially underneath my clothes where no one else even has to know. No one else has to know what's going on under here but me. This is for me. It's my spiritual practice. It's a ritual I do every morning to support and love and adorn myself. Then like your whole day is shifted. And your heart can be open, your shoulders can be back, your chest can be out. And then people can make heart-led decisions instead of fear-based decisions, which, oh my gosh, we need more of in the world. And then that person that she sees in the, in the mirror, whether it's the fitting room or her own home or, or whatever, um, is more confident and loved and adored from the very start of her day. That's what I want in the world. Yes. When you were talking, I was getting flashbacks of me as this 13 year old girl mm -hmm. in a bra I matured very fast no training bra, bra. I just I started off at a C mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like straight to C and as a 13 year old girl you want the cute bras well mm -hmm. it was only black tan and white I don't want mm -hmm. white because you know deodorant stains whatever I'm just like I don't want to deal with that you know sweat I'm like oh, I don't want to see it so it's, it's, I don't want tan because that's a corny color, but black <laughs> is sexy. I mean, I don't mean like tan is corny, but for a bra, you're like, I mm -hmm. want something that's cute, like red and blue. Yeah, no. <laughs> totally. And this is like, I don't know, um, late 90s, but now they have mm -hmm. better bras. But at the time, it was just white, tan, and black. So I figured, you yeah. know, black bras. And you're right. It's over the chest. So what happened was that I was still developing. So I had to get like a new bra quickly Yep, <laughs> all the time. Totally. And what I, what I used to do was because it was just so difficult to find a bra that fit me just right. I ended up tying the, um, the stretch oh gosh. Oh gosh. To, to help keep it up because I just, oh. I couldn't find anything. And what I realized listening to you is that I was, taking that and just accepting like okay well I I'll just fix this this way I'll fix yeah. it that way instead of being even more diligent even though the pickings were slim but to really go hardcore and like okay I need to find something that works right like, that fits yep. right not kind of sort of fit not make all these uncomfortable adjustments and things like that and yeah. that's true it, it really does yes. for your day yeah. And God bless you and tying your straps because we've all done it. We've all been there and you know, there's a cultural shift and then there's a personal shift opportunity here for us. And the cultural shift is that, yeah, we have so many better bra options now. And hopefully thanks to myself and colleagues like me, we have a lot more education now on how bras mm -hmm. should fit on how bra sizing works and what sizes are even available out there on what brands work, you know, all of that stuff. That's a big goal of mine in the world. That's why I talk about bras and bra that education 101 all over the world and on television and the Rachel Ray show and the Marilyn Dennis show up in Canada and everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's also a personal opportunity because what you were doing and there's no blame here, but what you were doing was kind of making do, right? right. It's like right. we sort of settle for like, Oh, well, I guess there's no option for me. So blah. And mm -hmm. while we, we 
we have to pick our battles and make priorities in life. It's fascinating to me how often, especially a woman, and not everyone I work with is actually a woman, but especially a woman in our society, um, puts themselves last. And because mm -hmm. a bra is a functional garment that they wear underneath their clothes and nobody else is going to see, and they don't have a boyfriend to show it to or whatever, it's like the last thing on their mind. Mm -hmm. And so part of this shift I'm offering to people is, is the idea that maybe no one will see this. It does not matter. This is for you to feel right. supported and ready for your day. And if it's gorgeous, great. And if someone happens to see it, good for them. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it is not for them. It is for you. So it's one little thing that most people are already doing. Most people I work with are already wearing a bra every day. And so it's just one way to shift that thing that they're, they typically wear already and turn it into a ritual for themselves. The other part of this too, is this idea of like, um, especially for young people that like, they shouldn't worry about bras because bras for some reason, either are only functional or only for sex and young people shouldn't be encouraged to have sex. So it's just like a very strange taboo area for, for young people. And I'll be honest, I was just totally embarrassed by the whole thing when I was younger. And so I didn't accept anyone's help in like the JCPenney fitting room, which is like, no, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> but I hadn't, it hadn't been presented to me as like an opportunity for, to like myself and to like fit myself well and to, and to be comfortable. And so a lot of the women that I've worked with are 55 and over because it's like, that's the time when most women, at least in, in our current age, um, the kids are out of the house. They finally have the time and the money to invest in themselves. And they're usually premenopausal or menopausal. And so they've gone through a whole basically second puberty and their body's changed again and they're desperate. And so mm -hmm. they'll come to me and they'll be like, I finally am going to get something that fits. I'm so sick of this. And then in mm -hmm. 20 minutes, I change their life. They're, they're in bras that fit well. They feel supported. They feel amazing. We've talked about confidence. We have a new look at them in, in the mirror at themselves each morning. And they're like, man, I wish I came to you when I was like 15. I'm like, me too. Do you know a 15 year old? Can you introduce us? Because right. I exactly. would love to change their life at 15 instead of 55. That'd be great. <laughs> right. Because imagine if more women were taught this, like now I put crystals in my bra. Yes. Oh, this is great. You know, yes. and I do feel more confident because when, when I didn't have the proper bra, my breasts would sit on my stomach. My breasts are heavy. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Like I am, a, I'm a 42 G. All right. They've I get it girl. On my stomach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's, 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 it's a good ritual now. It, it's so true. And it really does help with that wild woman aspect because we are doing this for ourselves Yeah, you know, and we are standing shoulders back and tall and ready for the world. Yeah. And you know, wild is different for everybody. For some people that means not wearing a bra, right? For right. some people that means wearing a, a, a leopard print bra or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like totally up to you. And and the whole essence of the Wild One Project, which I did not start, I want to be clear, my, my very good friend who was actually my RA in college, Chris Maddox, started the Wild One Project. I think it was like, oh gosh, like seven or eight years ago now. Um, she started it and she started doing women's circles. And I was like, not into it when she first started. I like went to her first circle and was like, this is not for me. Like we're picking goddess cards and doing weird stuff. Like not for me. <laughs> and it wasn't until years later when she started teaching other people to lead circles that I went to another one with, a, with a, one of our mutual friends. And it was just the right timing for me mm -hmm. and um, really helped me go inward 
And her, I, her concept of wildness is that like untamed part of us and kind of what we were talking about at the very beginning of this, that like essence of you that mm-hmm. is not informed by your job or your society or sort of um, groomed by the culture that you live in, but like the real you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, for many of my, my wild sisters, for them, that is actually no bra. For me personally, mm-hmm. what feels like the most me is wearing a gorgeous bra from France that is sexy as heck. And whether I'm wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt or I'm wearing a gorgeous dress, doesn't matter. You know, like just having something on two of the most sacred parts of my body that feel like I am a goddess. So that, it all just depends on who you are and how you want to embody that. But for me, I feel wild when I'm wearing gorgeous, gorgeous lingerie. Yeah, same here. I absolutely love it. <laughs> yes. And you is right. And and you touched on this a little bit. You have something really cool that's called inside, outside, and underneath. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? Yeah. So this is my approach to everything. You know, I think most people come to my website and because I do a lot of bra education one oh one on television, they come to the website specifically for bra education and and you know, style suggestions and bra shopping advice, which I'm happy to provide. But for me, that's just one of the tools that I use for this broader concept. Uh, And my tagline here really kind of sums it up, which is I help people or I support people to uncover their confidence, stand in their power, and learn to love themselves, or as I say, say hooray, inside, outside, and underneath. And those three aspects are what I mentioned earlier, where inside is our relationship with ourself, our emotions, and the divine, what, whatever that spiritual belief is for you, like there's some higher power or your deeper intuition that is really inside of who we are. And then outside, meaning how you deal with the outside world and how you present to it. So that could, for some people, be hair and makeup. It could be your home environment. It could be your relationships with other people. It could be your job. It could be whatever is on the outside world. And then underneath meaning what's underneath your physical clothes, um, your clothes and your physical body. So I think a lot of people, especially when I coach them, come to me wanting to change outside things. They want, to, they want a different boyfriend. They want a different job. They want to look different. They want to lose weight. They want to do whatever, right? They want outside changes. And you can achieve change from the outside in, right? Let's say you're sick of how your house looks, you change it, or you are sick of how your, your hair looks, so you cut it. Great. That can inspire some inner change as well, right? Like you, we feel a little revitalized. However, I have found that change is more effective and long lasting when it's from the inside out, meaning you do some inner changes of who you are, your identity and your, your values. Um, the foundation of like how you talk to yourself, mm. the relationship you have with your emotions and the divine, you make the changes there first. Then you move to your physical body, which our minds and our hearts are fast. They're, they are, you know, if you're an air sign, you get it. It's like fast, 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 fast. But if, if you try to move too fast, our bodies are tactile and they take time to catch on. And so really embodying all the inner changes that you are making is so important, not to mention a healthy relationship with your body and like how you treat it and how you look at it and how you talk to it. Mm-hmm. Then on the outside, implementing those changes. And that means again, maybe you do cut your hair. Maybe you do have a different boyfriend or maybe you just style your hair differently or talk to your boyfriend in a different way or show up to your job in a different way. It all, it, 
really honestly is like an opportunity to look at the aspects of your life in a totally new, hopefully new order to create change that's long lasting. That's the whole point. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. The change on the inside is such a, a journey that mm-hmm. <laughs> you get to whatever destination you want to get to. It just, it feels like you've gone through all the stages of that journey, <laughs> the, the ups, the downs, that turnaround moment. But the other side of that means that just as you were saying, you know, the confidence is there. And mm-hmm. even at times where we might feel like, oh, I don't know, you know, you start to doubt it a little bit. You have these uh, these um, steps in place to help yep. you, to, to remind you like, hey, yes. wait a minute, I'm this beautiful wild woman and here's why. And I can totally do this or I can use a resource or, or you know, find someone. So I, I think that, yeah, this on so many levels is so helpful. And just as you were saying, people come to your website, you know, they see you talk about, you know, the body and the bra, but then it's this other aspect <laughs> or aspects <laughs> inside, outside, underneath that can really get you to the point that yeah. you really want to be at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, outside changes are great. They, I, I just moved to Oklahoma. That's a big outside change. And I, I love what you just said about how you have these like almost like, um, uh, ro- what am I trying to say here? Like, like basic things that you've built along the way, um, building blocks, there we go, <laughs> building blocks along the way. So that way, when an outside change occurs, you're not like your house. I, I, I use the house metaphor a lot. Um, the house isn't getting knocked down, right? It's like, you've already built up a foundation of firm foundation of like strong bricks by brick by brick of like, I, I know I believe in this and I know I'm this person so that even if a strong storm comes like, Oh my God, I moved to Oklahoma. Um, it doesn't blow down the whole house. You know, mm-hmm. I, I admit that I feel that storm. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I, I, I can't believe like, how am I going to be who I am? But I am so thankful every day that I have done so much inner work that, um, the outside storm and winds are, are really of no consequence. Like I really truly believe and can stand firm in the belief that I am who I am, that my values are the same, that who I am in my essence um, Mm. is clear. It's super, super clear to me who I am and how I show up in the world simply because I've done so much inside work. So it's Mm. worth it. And and absolutely the confidence comes with that. The power comes with that. It's totally a strong place to be. Absolutely. So when people come to you, you know, for for how, what are some of the questions that you wish they would ask? Ooh, what a challenging question. (laughs) I wish, well, I wish people would, you know, I love that. Let me, let me start by saying one of my least favorite questions, just so I don't get any of these. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Because one of my least favorite questions in the world is what's the best bra? Oh, because it's like shopping for jeans and it's like, well, for who? Like, they're like, well, what's your favorite bra? I'm like, yeah, but girl, your body and my body are different. Your size and my size are different. So like if you is wearing a 42 G and having a certain body shape and me, I wear like a 32 double D, like we're going to have totally different bra needs. And so Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I, I hate that question because there's so many options. It's also like saying, well, who's the best guy to date? It's like, well, for who? Like, <laughs> like we all have different preferences and needs out there. So, right. um, so it's just a challenging question for me to answer in one sentence. So usually I have like, well, here are some common brands that I think do a good job, but like, I need more information from you about your preferences and what you like in your, in your needs. So that's a hard one for me to answer, but I wish people would ask things like, like, how can I, how, I mean, let's be honest, how, how can I update how I talk to myself? Mm. How can I love myself in a, and um, practice loving myself in a, um, a practical way every day in little ways, because so many people feel like, okay, I need to like suddenly love myself fully. And it's like, whoa, the word you used before was perfect. It's a journey because holy moly, I've been on this journey for a long time and I still have tons of growth available to me. Um, but it's like little, little practical ways that we can implement it step by step by step. That's the most important thing. And so I have tons of resources for that on my website, but I don't think people even know to ask about that or to look for that or to say like, how can I forgive myself? How can I, um, how can I encourage and affirm myself? How can I really truly understand who I am and my essence? And how can I build rituals and basic practices to implement each and every day so that I can build those, that strong foundation of loving myself inside, outside, and underneath? That's, that's what I wish people asked. <laughs> I wish they asked me that about is- that. I'm going to show my age here. That is the bomb.com. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Really, because I know, and I use myself as an example. I know there are so many things I want to do. Like I have so many ideas and it's crazy. Like if you were to, uh, you know, be my shadow for a day, you would just be like, Tia, you have so many notebooks. I have so many notebooks filled with ideas and so many mm. notes on my phone about how I can help women. And I'm going to mm. do this. I'm going to do that. And then when, when it takes longer to get done, mm-hmm. I just feel like crap. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why isn't this working? It's like, wait a minute, wait a mm. minute. You, you are talking to yourself in a very uh, un- unfortunate, like a, a, a manner that's not good because you've done so much. Remember that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nice that you want to get a lot of stuff done here. And I'm, I'm literally having to talk like this with myself. So just chill. Mm-hmm. It's Chill a out. process, yeah. okay? Yeah. You can't do a million things at one time anyway. So, yep. I, and I, I'm saying this because I know that there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who want to get a lot of things done yep. and beat themselves up when they don't get it all done. And it's purely circumstantial. It's just, you know, yeah. it's, things take time or sometimes it's not the right time, but you can always circle back. So that's great that you said that because, it's so easy, so easy to slip back and start to say, oh, well, yeah, sure. I, I can get the right bra, but I'm still not going to look good. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's all mental. Mm-hmm. Wow. I could talk about that forever. Um, but I will say one <laughs> little antidote about how I, I actually really defined myself by my to-do list. I'm a Capricorn and I have a lot of masculine energy, which means mm-hmm. I'm forward, forward, forward progress. I never rested. And, um, it's always the next step, the next thing, the next Mm -hmm. level of success. And I never, and I really mean this with so much compassion to myself, my former self, I never stopped to celebrate and honor where I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't even like look around to like, just like take it in, like let alone celebrate it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
but I really defined my worth and my value in the world by how much I was getting done. And because I never honored it, it never felt like enough. And I was never enough. And Mm -hmm. if I didn't finish the 30 things on my to-do list that day, I felt like crap. And I ended Mm -hmm. my day feeling like a total loser. Mind you, I was on television. I had built a whole business. I was running like a six figure company. Like I just, it just wasn't enough. And so I had to really, again, from the inside out say, okay, where does my value come from? Who am I? And if I didn't have any of those outside things, what makes me a valuable person? And it totally changed my identity of worth and like what made me a worthy person in the world. Weirdly, it actually also made me very much more productive, but it's because I wasn't like racing against this, got to prove myself, got to be the next thing, got to do the next thing. And so if, if anyone is out there who's like, I want to do a million things and I want to do this and that, it's totally cool to have lots of creativity, power and ideas and all of that. And yet we are humans in a tactile body and it is, there are possibilities to what we can and cannot do. And your worth doesn't have to come from doing a thousand things. I promise you it does not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that was something I had to learn for myself and I will share it with all of you because I think that that is, that's so important. And then the journey aspect of like one step at a time is part of that, that I learned about the honoring where you are any time. So like when I host these panels on inclusivity, right? A lot of people, and, and I, um, I mean, inclusivity within the intimates industry, there's a lot to be done. When you said a tan bra before, there used to be one skin tone color, like ever available it's to anyone. True. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Very and true. we've come a long way and there are different skin tones now, and there's a lot more to be done. Um, a lot more sizes are available now. Thank goodness. There are options for people who have different gender identities. Thank goodness. But we have a long way to go. And so sometimes when I'm, I'm teaching these panels or hosting these things, there are some people who have not even taken a step and they realize, oh my gosh, I have a thousand things to do before I can actually be inclusive. Why even bother? Right? I get overwhelmed with all the things I have to do in order to like do, do this well. And so I always encourage anybody, whether it's becoming a more inclusive retail store, or whether it's creating a loving relationship with your breasts, right? Is to Mm -hmm. honor where you are now, which means take stock in it, but also like be honest and Mm -hmm. honor like, okay, this is where I am now for the good and bad, for the the beautiful and the ugly. This is where I am right now. Here's the steps I've taken. Be honest about that. Here's, here's what I need to take and then commit to taking one step, one. That's it. It's all you need because then once you take that step, you're like, cool, took it. Ha, now I can honor and be honest about where I am now and commit to taking the next step and then the next. And then that, so instead of trying to think of the 40 steps you need to take, just think about the next one, just Mm -hmm. focus on that. And then once you've made that step fully, beautifully, messy, whatever it took to get there, then you can take the next one. That's all. That's all. That's how you do it. One step at a time. Beautiful. Any final thoughts? Oh, so many fine. First of all, this was lovely. I'm having a great time. Um, But I will say again, you know, be gentle with yourself if you're making changes and also um, don't be afraid to ask for help and support. I love to coach people on this stuff. Again, lots of people come to me for outside stuff and we end up doing inner stuff and it is so worth it. So whether you're working with a therapist or a coach or a counselor, anybody, like it is really okay to ask and invest in help because it will really multiply for you in a big way. The other is one of the ways that I love to support people inside, outside, and underneath is last 
September, so like a couple months ago, um, I don't know when this will air, I took people on my first ever retreat to Paris. It was epic. It was so exciting. And I'm thinking of doing one again. So if that's something you're even remotely interested in, please contact me. I have a little form, like interest form, like no pressure just to like see who's interested and wants to potentially go in 2020. Um, contact me and, and fill that out and we can have a, have a little chat about it. And then of course, if you have any um, bra or body questions or just want to share with me a hooray, follow me on Instagram, shoot me a DM, send me an email. I love, I'm, I'm like, you know, here in Oklahoma starting from scratch. So I'd love to get your email, your DM and connect with you in any way that helps us both say hooray. Awesome. Trey Beyond. So I used to, uh, side note, I used to uh, be able to speak in French. So not 100% fluent, but if you talked slow. (laughs) (laughs) I know about five French words and that's it. And I've been to France like seven times. So you do not need to know French if you're coming on this retreat. I promise you. (laughs) I do speak Spanish and I'm getting better and better at Spanish every day. I'm actually Puerto Rican. Well, my grandparents are from Puerto Rico, but that feels like it's just in my blood, but the French, gosh, I, they just like don't pronounce things. So I can't, I can't follow. <laughs> I can't oh, that's so that. funny. A, a, a quick story. So I first started learning French when I was four years old and I picked it up again uh, later on, like in, in high school and in college and my pop pop who served in the war in uh, Vietnam war and he traveled in the, the military. He picked up French. So I would practice with him. Wow, and cool. then, um, yeah, and, and so I was like, oh, well, I want to learn many languages. So I picked up uh, Spanish. I only had one semester of Spanish. And I remember I went to Mexico with my best friend. We, we do our yearly trips. And she took a very long time in the bathroom. And I got nervous oh, because no. we had to catch our airplane. I'm like, where is she? So me and my one semester of Spanish is explaining to all the, the store owners in the mall what she looked like. I said, I can't find my friend. Can you help me? <laughs> Oh my gosh. But it comes in handy. Yeah. But it worked because it's it's uh it's a little bit connected with uh Frank like the, the um what's it called? The romantic languages, yeah, uh, Latin totally. based. So I was able to put it together and then I had to yes. like of Italian. So I, I made it work. <laughs> yes. I can't tell you how many times Spanish has saved my butt, especially in Mexico, where I'm like, Oh no, I'm not gonna need this and then like like you know, stranded on a beach after a boudoir photo shoot and like a one person who's like missing teeth comes up and only speaks Spanish. You're, you better right. believe I was glad I knew Spanish then. <laughs> it was very right. helpful. Oh, when I have kids, they're going to be fluent in Spanish. Yes. French and a couple so, of, they they won't have so a choice. <laughs> it is so helpful. And also if anyone out there speaks Spanish and wants to help me practice, por favor, necesito practicar y posiblemente contigo because I really, I'm really excited to learn more Spanish. So there you go. I feel like some people are going to yell at me like, don't make your kids laugh. Too late. <laughs> too late. Yeah. They're going to be fluent. <laughs> I think it's great for kids to learn another language. And yeah. one final request is if anyone listening is in the Midwest area, so I'm in Northwest Oklahoma, very close to Kansas and Texas, um, please reach out. I had such a big, phenomenal in-person community in New York City, and I have just landed here in Oklahoma, and I'm desperate for... Um, folks to to meet up with and I have a car now so I can drive to see you and um, please reach out to me and and let's connect that'd be super awesome well I am keeping that in my as they say prayers fingers crossed it's gonna happen (laughs) 
So thank you again so much for being on the show. I had so much fun. And to everyone listening, I am rooting for you. I am sending you so many blessings. And please be kind to yourself. Until next time, Spiritual Trailblazer. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings.